Today on Ministry in Motion, it's a pleasure to introduce a guest who has specialised in forming long-lasting and warm friendships in his local community. At times, we can be intimidated by fears that our community may be a little frosty towards us, but not Roy Jamison. For decades, Pastor Jamison has had an amazing ministry of immersing himself in his local community. How does he do it and do it so well? That's what you're going to discover on today's program. Travelling all the way from Swan River, Manitoba, Canada, Roy Jamison joins us to discuss the topic, Forming Friendships in Your Community. You're watching Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. You've done a lot of things to build friendships in your community. You've visited homes in one city of 50,000 people. You visited every home over a four-year period. But we're going to make a special program on your literature distribution and your home visitation. But what else have you done that's helped to build friendships in your local community? We've been involved in programs with just men in hockey. We've, uh, I've been involved in ministerial since my early time in ministry. And so we do other things besides just my own church. I've right. always felt that a minister should be a part of a community. People should know him as part of the community, not just narrowing your thinking. Right. Now, you mentioned a word there, and you're a Canadian, and you mentioned the word hockey. What have you done with hockey to build friendships in your community? Well, when I moved into one area, uh, there was four young people, teenagers, that were not good enough to make the big time team, the local men's team. There was also uh, one of the ministers, he told me his son would no longer be playing hockey because he'd went through the young children, youth and that, and now he was finished. And so in thinking about these two things and probably other people, I thought I'll organize my own hockey team and play recreational hockey, which is different than what you watch on Saturday night on live. Okay, let's just help us to understand that because I haven't seen too much hockey, but when I see them playing, it, it looks like a violent game, and, and you're talking about making friendships with the community. I'm not sure how you could do that and play such a violent game. Well, there's two kinds. There's the recreational hockey, which has been played for about 40 years now uh, by people that no longer realize they're going to make the National Hockey League, but still like to play hockey. And... Uh, Others that are not quite good enough to be on a team because they wouldn't get a chance to play, they'd be bench sitters. And so by having recreational hockey, everybody in the team gets a chance to play equally. And uh, you have a chance to witness in that once in a while. Uh, for instance, you've got two minutes I can share. Sure. Uh, we had one of our tournaments right in my hometown where I grew up. Being a little bit tense, you want it to go right. You don't want it to be a blowout. And uh, 
I chose, being no coordinator, I chose refs that I felt had a Christian attitude toward hockey or life. And uh, near the end of the tournament, a young fella came up to me and he said, Roy, he said, we had rules here, didn't we, about no fighting? I said, yes. He said, there was a, it didn't actually break into a fight, but he said, they dropped their gloves and that's automatic fighting penalty. We drop your gloves, that's it. This and is when you, you're playing hockey and you take the... Drop them on the ground, you're ready to go. Oh, I see. That, that, that's automatic penalty. Right. It, it's fighting even before you swing the first swing. Right. So the ref called them, sent them both over to the penalty box. Rather than throwing them out, which happens in rec hockey, if you fight, you're out. Right. Either for the rest of the game or the rest of the tournament, depending on who's running the tournament. And he... Uh, anyway, when I asked afterwards, I said, I'll check with the ref and see what he saw. When I talked to the ref, he said they both dropped their gloves. It was a fighting penalty. But he said, to throw them out of a game in a Christian tournament, I thought I would give them what you call a double minor. Four minutes instead of two minutes for roughing. Give them four minutes for roughing, which lets them know that he knew they were fighting, and he's offering grace. And if they can smarten up in the rest of the game, they're in. So he gave them the four minutes, and he said when they come back on the ice, they were talking to each other, casually, friendly, no more jabbing each other. And he noticed that they would even skate off, they would visit. So he said, I did what I felt was right in this type of a tournament. He said, I can tighten down if you want me to and throw, be real tight, but he said, I, this is what I felt. And as he walked away, I thought, thank the Lord for good Baptist referees. Okay, okay. <laughs> now, this hockey tournament, you, you arranged that for quite a period of time, Roy. Tell us about that. Uh, <clears throat> we played just ordinary hockey for a few years. And then one of the other ministers said, said you know, he said, I have young people in my church. And he said could we have a hockey tournament? I said, sure, what we? we can make a weekend of it, Saturday night, Sunday. And we did that, and then we started Friday night, not hockey. We'd bring a speaker, guest speaker in. We had our North American Division youth leader in one year right. uh, as a speaker. And so we get a speaker to come in. And uh, that was another way of being involved. Right, so the speaker would come in Friday, Friday evening. Friday evening, Sabbath. Sabbath evening, we'd have a devotional before hockey. When, so what, how would that work with Sabbath, Roy? Talk us through that. With Sabbath? Okay. Uh, I always like to have a few people of other faiths on my committee. It gives you a chance to witness right. in a very easy way. For instance, uh, I've had people on the committee say, look, sunset's at 6 o'clock. How come we wait till 7 or 7.30 to start playing? Can't we drop the puck at sunset? I said, no. I said, uh, quite a few Adventists like to have a little few minutes of devotion or worship at sunset. And after sunset, then we go over to the rink. We get ready. We get organized. We play afterwards. And uh, that has helped to share your faith in a way that there's no question about how come you keep Sabbath and how come you're, you know, 
Yeah. That's just the way it's done. Mm. And you're sharing with them without any pressure at all. And so just briefly, Roy, what happens on Sunday? Do you just play hockey all day Sunday then? We, when we had it in my area, I determined I'd do one thing different. We would shut the game down during church time, play a few games before church. This is on Sunday morning? On Sunday morning. Right. So that the Baptist, United Church, Methodist, Pentecostal could go to their own church, not miss a hockey game, not miss their turn playing, their team playing. They could be there and we'd still have our tournament start right after dinner. Right. Now, the last game we were playing on the last year we had a tournament. One of the ladies of the community come up to me and she said, Roy, there's something I really appreciated about you, Seventh-day Adventist. You would always shut down the game so we could go to church. You didn't have to. You worshiped on the day before. You didn't have to. But she said, we noticed you always shut down the game and you came to one of the churches with us just to attend with the team. And uh, it, it, to me, it was a witness. That's, that's good, Roy. Now, Roy, we're just going to go to a commercial break now. And when we come back... I want to hear how you specifically reach out to Christians of other denominations and build warm friendships with them. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is forming friendships in your local community and our guest, Roy Jamison. Now, Roy, in the communities where you've lived, there's they've typically been smaller rural environments. And some of those places can be quite frosty in some ways, but you've managed to, to have warm friendships with so many people. And when I visited you, a few months ago up in Swan River, I couldn't help but notice the warm friendships that you had with so many Christians in the town. Now, how did you build those friendships that have been there for so many years? Well, there are several things you can do. One, I guess, is just being nice to them. And uh, not that I put on a nice face and churn inside, but uh, to me, people are good people. People are good people, and so you're friendly to them. Uh, I've always been a part of the Ministerial Association. And what is that? What is the Ministerial Minister Association? Association? It's ministers of all faiths that are interested in coming together, and most communities, most of the ministers are involved. Uh, and we meet once a month and uh, <clears throat> deal with areas of interest to all ministers, Sometimes how churches need to work together on hospital visitation, hospital programs, rotating, being involved in uh, services for the hospitals. And so it gives you a chance to build a broader faith than just the, minister, just the ministers itself. Right, okay. And another thing that I've been involved in in Swan River, where I am now, I was invited to, I guess you're in by invitation, is the lectionary group. Uh, people that, ministers that follow the lectionary for their sermon outlines for each, each week. And there's two of us out of the five that 
use our own, plan our own sermons. We're not part of a lectionary type church. Right. But we were invited to be a part. And so we take an hour and a half to discuss those verses from the lectionary of that week and share ideas, thoughts that come. Now, we don't always do that. There are times that we just sit and talk shop. Sometimes there's challenges and we just, an hour and a half, we just kind of encourage each other in areas that we need to build faith in. Mm. And so either way, but th that's once a week rather than once a month. And when you've been doing that for 10 years, you're a pretty close group. Yes, yes. You know each other. They know what you believe. You, you know what they believe. You know where you differ. You know where you agree. Yes. So th these are some things. Now, there's been some other opportunities that you've found as well. Um, there were some discussion groups on Philip Yancey's book that I understand you joined. <clears throat> yes. Uh, one year, one of the ministers was having this eight-week series going through Philip Yancey's book on grace. And my wife and I thought that'd be something we could enjoy. It wouldn't be controversial. I don't feel that it's good to go to another church group's meeting and try to push your own agenda. Uh, put your own advertisements up, invite them to come if they want to. But don't go into their program to push, their, push your agenda. But this was something that was open graces. We all need grace. Mm. We all can encourage each other. So we, my wife and I went. And there were others there, same age as we were, some younger. A few of the fellows, uh, some of the boys, the boys you call them, but we were all over 60. But we'd all <laughs> grew up in a community, different country schools. We'd see each other once in a while, but never really knew each other until we were there, one Anglican, one Lutheran, one Seventh-day Adventist, and uh, being my home area where I retired. And so th that was a chance to build friendships. And uh, my wife was involved in that, and she really enjoyed the discussion. And she went on to help the ladies in that church with their quilting as well. So it, it, it built friendship all around. Right. Very, very well. That's good. Now, Roy, when, when you're in a community and you're, you're wanting to reach out, I was, I was amazed at how many names that you knew of the community you seem to have a remarkable ability to remember so many names. Is this something that you've cultivated? <clears throat> Most people remember their friends. So if you make more friends, you got more responsibility. You got to remember more names. But uh, no, I, uh, I grew up, uh, I was the only member of our church in our community. We, we mixed. If you're going to have fun, you're going to have to mix with the rest of them. You can't just be home. My father was the kind that would mix with the community and take in other church services when they'd come in in the summer for evangelism. He'd, he'd go, take us and go, you know. He was open and yet very conservative in his own beliefs. And that helped me to realize that you can be very open and yet very careful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's about the way I'd, I'd put it, I guess. Right, yeah. Now, with, with these enormous number of friendships that you've, you've built up, there's been opportunities to minister. You shared with me a, a touching story about hockey and the opportunity to minister 
when, when you played hockey, and you've only just stopped playing hockey, from what I understand. <laughs> I went until I was 77. All right, and OK. And it got to the place where I couldn't support the boys as good as I should, so it's better to just drop out. But I, I have enjoyed hockey, no, no question about it. My friends would vouch for that one. Thanks for bringing it up. But anyway, uh, no, uh, this particular lady that I met, we'd just come out of church Sabbath after, well, we had a potluck at church, just come out, and this lady was walking down the street, and I greeted her, and I said, how are, you, how are things this week? And she kind of teared up a bit. She says, not good. I put my husband in the hospital. He won't be coming home. It's cancer, and he stayed home as long as he could, and now he's in the hospital. And as we talked, she said, could you go over and just have a prayer with him? I, I know he'd enjoy it. He'd appreciate it. I'd known him for years, played hockey with him against him a bit years ago. He was quite a bit older than me. And so I uh, went over to the hospital. Uh, I told her, as soon as June's finished downstairs cleaning up in the kitchen, we'll go over. So I went over, visited him, talked with him, had prayer with him. And uh, I feel you have to do this as soon as they ask you. If you don't, you put it off for a day, put it off for two days, and finally, your word means nothing. And a minister's word is very important. Mm -hmm. So I had, had prayer with him. When I come home that day, I phoned his pastor. I feel that when you work in a community and you ever talk about spiritual things to someone else when they want you to, you're better to let him know what's going on. And so we did. I phoned him, I says, Bob, I was over to visit uh, your man gentleman in the hospital. His wife asked me to have prayer with him. And I said, uh, he wanted me to come back and visit. And so I, I told him, I said, I'm dealing with just friendship. You deal with the spiritual areas, I'll have prayer with him, but I'm not, I'm not gonna butt in on beliefs, that that's up to you. And uh, so we did that. I, the last time I went in to meet him, he was sleeping and his wife said, the doctor has told me he only has less than a day to live. So I talked to her for a while. I was going to have prayer with her and she says, wake him up, Talk, say goodbye to him. So I shook his shoulder a little bit, woke him up, he, eyes rolled. Oh, Roy, he said, he recognized me. Mm. And I said, I'm just going to have prayer with you, and then I'll be going. Thank you, he said. I had prayer with him, and I put my hand on his shoulder, and I said, I'll see you in the morning. And he whispered, I'll see you in the morning. That was it. Um, the next day, the pastor phoned me and said, he passed away last night, a couple hours after you were there. His wife wants you, Roy to have the closing prayer, just like you did in the hospital, his last prayer in the hospital. I thought that was quite an honor mm -hmm. for someone to ask me to be a part of his funeral service. I, I hadn't expected that, but uh, people are touched. People appreciate it. Yeah. Roy, that's a, a lovely experience that you had and something that we can all learn from. <clears throat> we'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is 
Transforming Friendships in Your Community and our guest, Roy Jamison. Now, Roy, living in smaller rural communities that are isolated and you've got young men there that are playing hockey and it's, it's not the violent hockey, it's the, the friendly hockey. It, it gives you ministry opportunities. It, tell us, share with us some of those ministry opportunities you've had as a result of those friendships. Well, it takes place in different places. A lot of it is private, you know, you know, in an individual. And I have found one area, if people want to talk to me, they just take their time showering, changing, getting their equipment off, getting their equipment on, kind of sitting there waiting for the crowd to disperse the rest of the play. And so then, you're alert to this. You're alert to this. You're looking for oh, this. Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't happen often. Uh, you know, sure, I'd like to say it. Hey, it happens twice a game, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, a couple of times a year. But uh, it, it comes up. And people want to talk about personal problems, questions about the church sometimes, uh, challenges that they're facing at work. How would I handle it just, you know, the, 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 this type of thing? And uh, so th this is something that gives me a chance to go beyond just being a nice gentleman when you play hockey. Right. And to me, th this is an important part of witnessing, yeah. being available when they need someone to talk to. Okay. Now, you've, you've played with some well-known players, haven't you? Uh, <clears throat> Well-known 50 years or 60 years ago. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> no, I, I think of one man... Uh, Name wouldn't mean much to you, probably. As an Australian. Fred Sasakamoose, the first North American Native Indian to play in the National Hockey League. Played for Chicago Blackhawks, just short season. But uh, being an autograph collector in hockey, uh, I was driving through his area where he lives in northern Saskatchewan on several occasions, stopped in to visit him. And... Uh, basically talked hockey. Uh, the second time I stopped in to visit him, uh, by this time he was getting the signs of the times as well. So, so this is a man you hadn't met and you just went to visit him, just, this, this famous hockey player. Yeah. Right? And uh, get his autograph and talk hockey about him, being the first native Canadian, native Indian to mm -hmm. play hockey in National Hockey League. And so the second time I come to visit him, uh, he told me, he said, you know, things are not good with my grandson. He was in a car accident a year ago, came through, and uh, things weren't good. He's down in Ontario. They're operating again, trying to get things worked out. And he said, they're having mass, um, Catholic Church, having mass for him down in a community a little ways away from here. He said, I should be there, but I couldn't go tonight. But he said, uh, I just feel that I should have been there. Well, I said, we can pray here. But he said, it's so much different if a minister prays with him at Mass. Well, Fred, I said, I'm a clergyman. I'm a hockey player, sure. I collect autographs, sure. But I said, I'm a clergyman. So he stands up and he said, called his wife. He said, Roy's a priest, he said. He's going to pray for our grandson. And so they all came in. We all knelt together and, had a, and prayed and after it was over, he was sitting for a while. 
And he looks at me and he said, Roy, if my son is healed, my grandson is healed, I want to play hockey with your two boys and you and my son and my grandson on a team, just once, just for, to thank you for what you've done. I said, Fred, there's going to be our tournament up in your area next year. I said, we'll count on you being on the team. He had the flu, phone had the flu, and I thought, is he backing out or is he not working out? But the next year he was there with his two grandsons, his son, my two boys. And the fellas all wanted to take their turn playing one shift with a former National Hockey League player. We did it. Wow, wow. <laughs> That's a remarkable story. Roy, thank you. Thank you for the decades of visitation. Thank you for the friendships that you've built and for, for shining the love, the light of Jesus in your community. What you have done is truly a wonderful thing. Thank you and may God bless you. Real privilege to be here. Real privilege to be here. Thank you for inviting us. We're so pleased that you joined us for today's program, Forming Friendships in the Community with Roy Jamison. There are five main things that we discovered. First of all, a minister should strive to be part of the community, not just their local church. Secondly, engage with your local community ministerial gatherings. The third point was seek to partner with other faith groups in projects that bless the community. The fourth point was don't go to another church's events in order to push your own agenda. And the final point, community involvement will bring unique opportunities for ministry. Be open to them. We're so pleased that you joined us for this program here on Hope Channel. But remember, you can come over to the website ministryinmotion.tv and there you can find available 24-7 all the programs we've ever made. Until next time, may God bless you. Bye for now.